Bills Mafia, was good? This Stevie Johnson, Mr. Why So Serious, and you now tuned in to The Lowdown with Jake Jordan. Are you serious with this? You think the Patriots need a new what? Listen, the Patriots, the, the, the rookie wall, there's no such thing as a rookie wall with this kid. He's got a rag arm. He couldn't throw in that windstorm. The other guy threw the ball all over the park. And then yesterday proved it. Receivers, no receivers. Skill players, no skill receivers. The kid playing quarterback ain't our future. The future of the NFL is over in Buffalo. That guy, six foot four, 230, runs right by you, throws it 90 yards. And the other thing I want to say is Belichick hasn't won butt kiss without Tom Brady. So to, to be overinflated on this Bill Belichick, great defense, let's run the ball. Yeah, Bill Parcells did that back in the 80s. So that, is that where we're going here with this team? Come on, it's over. AFC goes through Buffalo for 20 years, not us. It's over. Wow. What is going on, everybody? Welcome back to the coolest place in Bill's Mafia outside of Western New York. I am your host, Jake. This is the lowdown only on the Built in Buffalo podcast network. And ladies and gentlemen, we didn't get to talk about it because last week obviously was Christmas Eve and I had prior things to do. So I did not get a podcast out, nor did we get to do a first round buy on that Friday night. So we didn't get to talk about going into Foxborough at all and my thoughts on the Buffalo bills going in but i promise you that if i was there i had 100 percent confidence in this buffalo bills team going forward as i'm sure a lot of you have and of course i am recording this right now usually i record on thursdays i decided i wanted to do this pretty much right after the game obviously i've watched the game back again it is tuesday instead of thursday and my lord ladies and gentlemen let's not come down from this high that we have from seeing this team absolutely manhandle the New England Patriots. Don't let Patriots fans tell you that we didn't do it. Oh, there were missed calls. Oh, the Patriots couldn't stop the Bills on fourth down. Oh, no, no excuses. Now is not the time for excuses. You might hear this from Patriots fans. Oh, you guys won your Super Bowl. That game didn't matter to us anyway. We only care about championships. Well, I'm going to tell you this right now. How can you say that you only care about championships when you can't even win your own division? Obviously, there's still a couple of uh, games left, and that could change, and I could be eating crow, but I'm going to tell you I have full confidence in this Buffalo Bills team going forward into the game against Atlanta and also into the last game of the season against the New York Jets. And those New England Patriots better be careful because I'll tell you right now, the Miami Dolphins, I watched Monday Night Football. That game shouldn't have even been aired on television, the Miami Dolphins. Dolphins absolutely murdered the New Orleans Saints. And I'll tell you right now, if they beat the Titans this week, you better be watching out if you're a New England Patriots fan. And you know that because you know going to the final game of the season where if New England loses that game, based on everything that I know at this moment right now, if New England loses that game and Miami has won all of their games up to that, and so is New England. If New England ties with Miami, if they lose that game against Miami and they're tied with them, the Miami Dolphins are going to 
make it into the playoffs after starting one and seven, and that would leave the Patriots on the outside, which is crazy. Now, there also are scenarios that would put three AFC East teams in the playoffs, but let's not talk about that right now. The Buffalo Bills just absolutely dominated the New England Patriots. And you might look at the score and go, Jake, 33 to 21, that's not domination, dude. We need to take a step back. Let's chill out for a second. No, no, no. We're not going to do that because that might have been 33 to 21, but the Buffalo Bills left so many points on the field that this game would have been a massacre. And what you would be seeing right now, one of the things I'm surprised of is that I thought the narratives coming out of this game were going to be that the New England Patriots lost this game. Oh, is it more disappointing that the New England Patriots lost than is that the Buffalo Bills bump that? The New England Patriots got their ass whooped at home by the Buffalo Bills. And two of the main reasons for that, and let's talk about it right now, is that the Buffalo Bills didn't let the New England Patriots do what they like to do. And if you have watched the New England Patriots this year, is their game plan is get the lead, and then guess what we're going to do? We're going to run the ball, and we're just going to keep that lead, and we're going to try to keep you off the field. That's what they do, because they do not trust their quarterback, Mac McCorkle, Mac and Cheese Jones, to come out and to throw them out of a hole. They don't trust him to do that. He is a pawn in the scheme, and right now, they do not have a quarterback. And I'm sorry, I think Mac Jones is a good quarterback. He's a rookie, and it's about time that he started having these rookie games. But he is protected, and we know that. Mac Jones is protected, and that's not something that should surprise any of you. Because what is one of the main fundamental things about the new england patriots offense they want to make it to where they limit their quarterback from making any mistakes there's check downs it's super easy over the middle throws it's not making mac jones take chances go down the field now those are sprinkled in there but they limit what the quarterback does to put them in a better position because hey what do they have? They have a great defense and they have a run game. All Mac Jones has to do is pass the ball and throw no longer than five yards on most throws. That's all he has to do. So what happened? This game, the Buffalo Bills didn't let that happen. They said, no, 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 no. We're going to score early. You're going to have to stop running the ball, which New England didn't technically do because I believe Damian Harris still had over 100 yards rushing in that game. But the Buffalo Bills said this, hey, you know, we're not going to do that. We're going to score on almost every single drive. The Buffalo Bills didn't punt once. Let me tell you that again. The Buffalo Bills did not punt once. That has never happened in the Bill Belichick era. They have always been able to force at least one punt. The Buffalo Bills did not punt the ball one time whatsoever. Don't let Patriots fans tell you that they just couldn't stop the Buffalo Bills defense on certain sequences. They could not stop the Buffalo Bills at all. And that's the crazy part about it. Now let's talk about what is the second reason why the Buffalo Bills won. It's Josh Allen, baby. You know it's Josh Allen. Now we, we've we kind of, you know, gone over it like, oh, Pro Bowl snubs and this guy should have been in. It's, it's something that's just kind of sitting with us. We don't, you know, take the time to sit there and think. Maybe Josh Allen saw that stuff. Josh Allen saw it and he goes, man, Lamar Jackson got in over me. And after this week... 
Justin Herbert got in over me. I'm sorry, we got to talk about, you know, let's let's just say the Chargers just lost to the Houston Texans, and I get it, the Bills lost to the, it's any given Sunday, baby. But I'm going to tell you right now, Josh Allen, if he's not the best quarterback in the AFC, him and Patrick Mahomes are 1A, 1B. I'm sorry, there is no reason on this godforsaken planet, in this universe, that Lamar Jackson should have been in the Pro Bowl over Josh Allen. And you know what? I hope it reminds him. As he keeps playing, we still got to play the Falcons and Jets. Josh Allen single-handedly in this game. And, of course, there is the report out there that after the game, he was like, I don't know who the bleep they thought I was. Harry, when he was talking to Harrison Phillips coming in, the Buffalo Bills needed this win. The Buffalo Bills knew coming into this game. And let's talk about it. But after a couple of outliers of games, right? You know, the Jacksonville game and slipping up in the Tennessee game. You know, games that the Buffalo Bills should not have lost. They ended up losing, but the Buffalo Bills shouldn't have even been in this position, ladies and gentlemen. The Buffalo Bills should be fighting and being right there with the Kansas City Chiefs for the one seed. But a few slip-ups, the team not really knowing and being able to put together what they're supposed to be, you know, it led to them having to go into this game against the New England Patriots and having to prove that they're still that team. And of course, this team has been very inconsistent over these last few weeks, or not even the last few weeks, but before them, before the Tampa game, this team was so inconsistent. You didn't know they were trading wins for losses every single week, and it was frustrating. But ever since the second half of that Tampa Bay game, this is the team that we have thought was supposed to come out and of course new england patriots fans were saying no we're gonna shut all that down i'm gonna tell you right now the new england patriots best player the weather was not there today for them and i'm sorry but if that game in buffalo you should throw that game out if you're a new england patriots fan because you know that in a neutral field when it comes down to it mano e mano passing the ball throwing it all over the yard with the defenses that we have. The Buffalo Bills will win that game nine times out of 10 because of the dude who is under center. Josh Allen, 30 for 47, 314 yards, three touchdowns. Like I said, Mac and Cheese Jones, let's go over his stats. 14 and 32, 145 and two picks. Yes, I understand one of the picks was at the end of the game. You know, you're just trying to get something to try to get your team back in it. Mac Jones throws the pick. Seals the game. Micah Hyde, keep it moving. How you doing? But in reality, there's more and more contributors to this team. You know, people don't want to talk about it. The offensive line before Ike Botker goes down with that Achilles injury, which is killer, but it's now cemented the fact that the Buffalo Bills need to go and get offensive line help in the draft or in free agency now that, you know, Ike Botker's gone for a year. He's he's gone for sure, and who even knows what happens after that. He might not even be on the team anymore. That could just be a career killer in Buffalo for him. But in reality, we needed guys to step up in this game. And they did. Now, of course, the one that I want to say that I did not think stepped up in that game was Emmanuel Sanders. Emmanuel Sanders had opportunities. And of course, Josh Allen seemed a bit inaccurate with some balls, but Emmanuel Sanders just kind of was a letdown today. And of course, you know, coming off the knee, you know, I I wasn't expecting a ton of Emmanuel Sanders, but I I was expecting more than just 20 yards, like two receptions for 20 yards. Come on. 
And that's just put more in the fact that in the slot, you know, we called up Hodgins and Kumaro and everybody kind of thought, oh, those guys are going to take over the position because Gabe Davis and Cole Beasley are both on the COVID list. Both are unvaccinated, gone for 10 games. Cole Beasley should be back before Gabe Davis, uh, which is unfortunate for Gabe Davis because, of course, as all of you know, I am the president of the Gabe Davis fan club. But you know who stepped up in this game and I think earned his role on this team? A man who two weeks ago was inactive. He was inactive. He was not playing. Or maybe it was three weeks ago. It doesn't matter. He was inactive. He wasn't playing. He wasn't a role in the offense. But you know what happens? They call his number. Hey, Isaiah McKenzie, you've been on the team for a few years. We know. A little dirty. We know you are on this team. You know, you lost the punt return and kick return job. And, you know, that kind of sucks. But we need you today. And Isaiah McKenzie said, okay, this is what you're paying me in candy for. And he steps up 11 receptions, 125 yards, one touchdown. Isaiah McKenzie in big spots in this team. Josh Allen called his number, and he was there. He took it, and he delivered. Josh Allen gave him a cake and said, I need you to take this to the end zone. And Isaiah McKenzie was like, I'm going to help you get it there no matter what. And guess what happened? That cake got to the end zone usually. And if it didn't, it got him so damn close because the New England Patriots could not stop this offense at all. And Isaiah McKenzie brings something to this team that especially against the New England Patriots you needed. Crossers over the middle, there's no way. None of those linebackers or anybody on that defense They're slow. They're not super fast. They cannot keep up with Isaiah McKenzie. And there's plenty of times where you could tell that Isaiah McKenzie was the last read on a play, but he is just so fast and able to make a play and has that connection with Josh Allen because he has been here for basically Josh Allen's whole career and was able to get things done. Again, 11 receptions, under 25 yards, and a touchdown. And, of course, Stephon Diggs, seven receptions, 85 yards, and a touchdown. And Dawson Knox, of course, doing his thing, getting a tutty. Of course, wasn't a big guy in the past game, two receptions for 11 yards. But still, the Buffalo Bills went into Foxborough knowing what was on the line. And it just continues to show that in games where it matters the most, the Buffalo Bills tend to show up when it everything is on the line the buffalo bills are like okay it has been playoff modes ever since the final minute in overtime the final play in overtime of that buccaneers game buffalo bills knew it's playoff time we gotta go every game is a playoff game so what do they do after playing phenomenally in that last half of the buccaneers game they go in to carolina and they said we're gonna take care of business Beat up on the Carolina Panthers. Thank you. Go away. Go away. We don't need you, Panthers. We all overhyped that game. We were all scared. We didn't know because, of course, if we lost to the Panthers. Look, Buffalo Bills, 100% a better team than the Panthers. They did exactly what they needed to do. And then, of course, New England fans sitting all high, you know, saying that, oh, well, us winning, you know, that's our that's our Super Bowl, us winning against them. When I know damn well, if you were on Patriots Twitter, and, of course, All of the receipts are coming out now. All the receipts have come out. And, you know, they're they're all coming out. They were acting as if their win over us on Monday Night Football was their Super Bowl. And honestly, if the season goes the way that I hope it does, and while many people think it could happen, it might be their Super Bowl altogether because they might not even have a chance to contend. So, yeah, I'm going to sit here and say that the Buffalo Bills absolutely dominated. Dominated. The New England Patriots. It should have been a 50-burger plus. 
Ronald McDonald should have came out and handed him to, it to Big Mac himself. Should have gave Mac Jones that Big Mac because the Buffalo Bills absolutely embarrassed, to quote Jerry Sullivan, embarrassed the New England Patriots. And yeah, they gave up the run, but they picked their poison. Yeah, we'll let you run the ball. And obviously some of those, again, came on just like pitches, things that when the Buffalo Bills want to stop the run up the middle, the Buffalo Bills do it. Anytime they get run on, it's when a running back gets to the outside and then you have to rely on your linebackers possibly over pursuing or then it has to get in your secondary and they got to take the guy down. Look, I'm going to tell you right now, the Buffalo Bills picked their poison and they were able to do exactly the game plan I think you need to beat the Colts, the Titans, and the Patriots. You get up, you make the quarterback on the other side beat you because nine times out of 10, that quarterback is not going to be better than your guy that's on the other side of the ball. So I rest my case, Buffalo Bills 33-21 to beat the New England Patriots in Foxborough to take the lead of the AFC East and possibly keep it over the next two games and win the division, go into the playoffs, get a home playoff game. Let's talk about it. Let's keep it moving. I have been Jake. This is the lowdown on the Built in Buffalo Podcast Network. I'm going to leave you going into halftime with our good old friend Colin Cowherd talking about Josh Allen. That's going to be about a four-minute clip. And then we're going to get into the second half where we talk about the injury report going into this week against the Atlanta Falcons and then what I think the Buffalo Bills need to do to take down the Falcons and keep it moving going into the postseason. Again, this has been Jake. This is the Lowdown on the Built in Buffalo Podcast Network. I'll see you guys in the second half. I want to talk about the Buffalo Bills. And, uh, you know, it doesn't matter if it's a team or a movie or a relationship. Some people just suck you back in. There's something about them. They're funny. They're dynamic. Uh, Buffalo, I had Buffalo getting to the Super Bowl. And they drove me crazy. Uh, They don't run the ball enough. Although against New England this weekend, they actually committed to the run. But we always talk about the value of quarterbacks. And you know this. I'm not telling you anything. We talk about it all the time. We know they're important. Like, if you look at right now at the standings in the NFL, seven of the eight divisions are the best quarterback leads it or is tied for the lead. The only exception is the AFC South. And I don't know, I'm not sure that division has a best quarterback. Tannehill, Carson Wentz, I'm not sure it has one. But in every other division, the best quarterback leads it or is tied for the lead. And the New England-Buffalo game was back and forth and close. And it really came down to three plays and one series. And it was all Josh Allen. And you just can't, it's priceless. You can't define how valuable. Fourth and one, New England's got it absolutely booked in, first down. New England had it perfectly defended. Next play, third and ten, big play. Shovel pass to Savon Diggs. They get down to the red zone. And once again, New England's got the people in the right spot. Nope. Dawson Knox. Those three plays are the difference between punting to Mac Jones and crossing your fingers with Buffalo's defense and winning the division and leading it. Three plays, one quarterback. In each one, you got to be special at quarterback to be a special team. In each one, New England has it perfectly defended. Josh Allen, with all due respect to Jim Kelly, is a once-in-a-franchise player. 6'6", he's their best runner, huge arm, 
those three plays are the game. And simultaneously, Mac Jones on back-to-back weeks. Scheme fatigue. People know what New England does. He is trailed in back-to-back weeks. And the difference between this game was all quarterback. Go look at the box score. Third down, Buffalo was great. New England was terrible. Yards per pass, Buffalo was great. New England was terrible. So back-to-back weeks, Mac Jones is trailing. He doesn't have the great run support. And what has he done in back-to-back weeks against the Colts and the Bills while trailing in the second half? He completes 51% of his throws, two TDs, two picks, a 66 passer rating. That's what he is. And again, I've said this about quarterbacks for a long time. What are you trailing? What are you when you have to throw? What are you when you don't have a great run game? This game, the coaches are great. There's very little to criticize New England and Buffalo. But when this game was done, it all came down to one has a superstar quarterback talent, one has a guy. And that's not a knock on Mac Jones. He's young. He's a rookie. But the ceiling is so obvious once everything's not lined up. He's trailing in the second half. They're facing a good scheme. He has to throw and everybody knows it. And that's why I keep falling in love with the the Buffalo Bills. They're my Shawshank Redemption. Every time I'm bouncing around the TV set and Shawshank Redemption's on the movie, I just stop. It doesn't matter. I could be doing my taxes. It doesn't matter. I could be late for a meeting. It just I'm going to stop and watch the rest of the movie. That's Buffalo. When you are that gifted at the most important position and you can do so many things off script, I'm in. You can ask you can talk about Kansas City if you asked them privately Who do they not want to face? I'm not even sure they'd say the Buffalo Bills. They would say Josh Allen. If you go back and look at those three plays, the fourth and one, the third and ten, the goal line, they are perfectly defended. They got two guys here. It's over. He gains five yards, six yards, seven yards. Look at this, third and ten. Again, people, every doesn't matter, makes a play. Then go to the goal line. I mean, if you're Bill Belichick with your staff this morning, you're like, We had it perfectly defended. I'm not sure if there's two other quarterbacks in the league that can make all three of the plays. For our radio audience, I apologize. The fourth and one's incredible. How does he get nine yards out of that? He's a quarterback. I mean, how? It's one of the best defenses in the NFL. Want to be special? Get special at quarterback. What is going on, everybody? Welcome back to the coolest place in Bill's Mafia outside of Western New York. I am your host, Jake. This is the lowdown. And of course, this is the second half. So you know what we got to talk about. That means injury report and the matchup against the Falcons. But there's actually a thing that I want to hit on just before we get into that. And of course, if you listen to the first half, I recorded that at the beginning of the week. You are listening to Thursday afternoon, Jake, right now. So this is a little bit different, not as much high energy, but uh, one of the conversations that I had today and I want to talk about it because I had a question posed to me earlier as to why you know the Patriots took Mac Jones and you know why everybody comparing him to the GOAT and I had to explain the situation on why the Patriots took Mac Jones and I kind of was able to relay it to something that I had heard actually previously from Hugh Jackson of the Cleveland Browns when they were talking about selecting Baker Mayfield, you know, first overall over Josh Allen and how it kind of had a little bit to do with the development of a player and how I believe that while Mac Jones is a good player, 
that I believe his ceiling is way lower than most players were, and that is why the New England Patriots picked him. So to explain this to you, if you didn't know this, uh, I, I I had to say that when Hugh Jackson said that he they were picking in that draft to get Baker Mayfield, they were looking at all of the candidates that were there, right? And out of all of the candidates that they saw, they went, all right, let's do this. Which one of them has the lowest ceiling, but that ceiling is good enough for us to win right now. Which one is closer to their ceiling already to where they are not going to have to develop that player all that much? It was Baker Mayfield. They didn't want to take the chance on Darnold and Allen, who you know were good prospects, but you were going to have to develop them the right way for them to develop into you know one of these star-studded you know amazing quarterbacks. As to what Josh Allen, I would say, has developed today, and the difference is is that the Patriots picked Mac Jones for that reason. Mac Jones's ceiling was right at about where they needed his ceiling was game manager and he would be able to come and step right in and do game manager right away because he was the closest to his ceiling it was the safest pick so that was definitely something that i wanted to put out there why you know the patriots they didn't pick a quarterback that would be a world beater and would eventually be able to beat josh allen he would be a quarterback that they could put in their system to be effective enough to win them games get them to the playoffs because they were able to run a system like that with brady but i think a lot of it has to do is new england fans want to crown him as the next tom brady yes he's a game manager but everybody wants to you know just say that tom brady was a game manager and i feel like that that's not what it was tom brady did not have the leash on him that mac jones had of course he did earlier in his career but mac jones doesn't have the intangibles to really be able to grow into a quarterback that would any means match up against josh allen so that was definitely i wanted to put that out there and kind of explain the thought process behind the new england patriots taking mac jones and being able to plug him right in and why when it comes down to who's under center josh allen will most likely always win that because of what he brings to the game as opposed to what mac jones is to his team josh allen is much more than that so that's what i wanted to talk about uh but going off it was a great win by the buffalo bills obviously there were guys that i didn't talk about i think harrison phillips has been playing out of his mind and i really think that during that game he has played even close to the level that harrison phillips was playing at before the injuries that he had with his knee and then of course you got to give it to the secondary and dane jackson i think dane Jackson has been holding it down the New England Patriots could not pass whatsoever and of course Matt Milano you got to give him his props too they just didn't let Hunter Henry or Johnny Smith do anything in the game I believe they combined for only like nine yards it was really nothing or 15 yards something like that it wasn't anything to write home about just the secondary as a whole held it down there was the the defense really really did help in being able to stop the Patriots now of course they were they still did get gashed up in the run but I think that the defense still did their thing and the offense really showed that they were able to pour it on but it is Falcons week of course you are listening to this it is Friday you just heard Colin Cowherd you know gush all over Josh Allen and you're feeling good right now going into this weekend however you're listening to this whether you're sitting in your car you're in the gym however you're listening to it 
we got to talk about the Falcons. Now, I think really the main majority of this half of the show is really going to talk about the injury report and kind of what it means. Because when we talk about the Atlanta Falcons, this is one of those games where the Buffalo Bills go into it. I believe they're like a two touchdown favorite in Vegas. Like nobody's expecting the Buffalo Bills to drop this game. And honestly, I don't even know how the Falcons have as many wins as they do. This team just has not been able to really do anything it feels like they're you know just really struggling when it comes on offense but their defense is just as mediocre and bad and bottom of the league uh it's crazy but of course we'll talk about that after we talk about the injury report and of course this injury report is thursday's injury report so if you want the most updated one make sure to check out the new year's eve special of first round buy on the built in buffalo youtube channel where it's me izzy justice of course it's going to be a fun time make sure to crack open your drinks it's new year's eve but of course we got to talk about the injury report you'll get the most up-to-date one if anything surprising does come up on friday and you know regarding covid but one of the big things that we need to talk about and we'll talk about it after the initial injury report is the change to the COVID protocols in the NFL and, of course, how that affects the Buffalo Bills. So this week's injury report, of course, I always do this. It's vet rest, did not participate, limited in full. So we're going to talk about it. And I really feel like it, people look at it and it's like, ooh, that's a lengthy injury report. I, I don't think it's as bad as a lot of people think. Uh, the vet rest, of course, is uh, Mario Addison, but Mario Addison has is dealing with a forearm injury so he's he was a vet rest and then he was limited in practice today and a lot of people are gonna be like oh my god limited what is, like some people don't understand what limited means on the uh injury report if you can if you miss one snap in practice if you're just out for one snap or whatever you have to be marked down as limited if you did not play every single snap that was assigned to you in practice you are limited so you know that could be mario addison was out one play when they were doing a you know drills against each other and you know that's limited you got to mark it down as that so mario addison i would assume is going to be good uh some of the ones that we need to talk about are that did not participate of course, Vernon Butler is out with an illness. They did a walkthrough on Wednesday, and then he was also out today. You know, it is winter. It is cold outside. You know, colds and flu. It is still cold and flu season. Uh, it is not COVID. It is a non-COVID-related illness. Uh, but Vernon Butler, again, not somebody that brings too much to the team, but still something that you got to talk about. Another one is Taiwan Jones, still dealing with a knee injury. It always keeps cropping up on the injury report every now and then. Of course, Taiwan Jones really just a main special teamer when it comes to it, but still seeing a guy like that who's a main person on the special teams you still got to kind of look at it and then the other one is Emmanuel Sanders who was limited on Wednesday on a walkthrough but then did not participate today with a knee injury of course him coming right back from that knee injury where it kept him out uh, I, I'm not sure what to think about this. And of course, when we talk about later, I don't know if it's as serious as a thing that we're going to have to worry about uh, if Emmanuel Sanders does have to be sat out this game just to keep that knee somewhat healthy. And then we're going to get to the actual limiteds with Ed Oliver dealing with an ankle and Jordan Poyer dealing with a shoulder injury. Of course, I believe these guys are going to be just fine and playing on Sunday, so you're not going to really have to deal with that. Their designation should probably be good to go. 
And then we got to talk about the fulls who practice that are on here is Singletary, Jerry Hughes, Micah Hyde, and Jaquan Johnson were all full at practice on Thursday. And, you know, I would say barring any crazy setbacks, those guys will be ready to go come Sunday against the Atlanta Falcons. But the big thing that we need to talk about is the NFL changed their rules in, you know, correlation to the CDC changing some of its guidelines. The NFL changed its guidelines and it made it to where the incubation time or the quarantine time after a positive test is only five days regardless of your vaccination status. So that means that the Buffalo Bills have gotten back Cole Beasley, Gabriel Davis, AJ Epinesa, John Feliciano, Cody Ford, and Cam Lewis were all activated off of the COVID-19 list. They're all good to go. They will be ready come Sunday, you know, if the Bills decide to play them. You know, I, I would believe that they are all playing. And of course, Gabriel Davis coming back, really, you know, the setback of Emmanuel Sanders with the knee maybe not practicing this week. Uh, you know, with Gabe Davis being able to come back. And of course, with Cole Beasley coming back, I think the Buffalo Bills will be just fine. They're going to be extremely healthy going into this game against Atlanta, where as fans, we don't want to overlook it. Of course, you know, we're feeling good riding high at the top of the division right now. But I still, it's, you got to play the games. And I think the team knows that you got to play it. You know, they control their own destiny. And we don't want to sit here and go, well, yeah, of course, you know, the, the Bills, you know, they're just going to steamroll the Falcons. You know, that's what we thought they were going to do to the Jacksonville Jaguars. That's why I chose to purchase a ticket and go to that game. And, of course, what happened, that didn't happen. So you got to look at that this team seems to be on a roll. They found their identity. And I would truly believe that they are going to, I'm not going to say absolutely annihilate the Falcons, but I do think that the Falcons just don't have one of those attacks like offense and defense to be able to hang with a team like the Buffalo Bills. But of course, we've seen a lot of parody in the league, so I don't want to just write the Falcons completely off. But when we talk about the Falcons, right, let's let's talk about their rankings because in reality, you know, there's not a ton of huge names. Of course, Matt Ryan, their quarterback, and then you have Cordero Patterson and Kyle Pitts. They also uh, had Calvin Ridley for a time, but he is, I, I, I don't know what's going on with Calvin Ridley this year, but he will not be playing in this game. And then they have Russell Gage, a wide receiver. So when you look at the rankings, they rank 25th on offense, and you're going to see why, because it's not their passing attack. That's like a problem. They're middle of the pack. They're 16th, right? But their rushing is 31st in the league and I feel like that's something that when you look at it that really brings down their offensive production rate of they just cannot run the ball I don't know what contributes to it they just can't do it and you'd be surprised to know the Buffalo is actually ranked 11th when it comes to the rushing game which a lot of people will be like oh Buffalo can't run the ball at all and yes that number is inflated because Josh Allen does have a lot of the yards as well but still that's the rushing game and their defense ranks 24th in the league. Again, the Atlanta Falcons are not one of those teams that strikes fear into your heart. And I think that the Buffalo Bills going into this game, they should have a simple mission is that just play mistake-free football. Let's do us. Let's be the Buffalo Bills. Go in. 
take care of business. Of course, they don't even have to go in. They just have to show up at home because the Falcons are bringing it to Buffalo. And right now there is a chance of snow. But if it is snowing, the rushing attack of the Falcons should not score. If anything, the rushing attack of the Bills should scare the Falcons more because it seems like the Falcons do more in the air than they can on the ground. And the Buffalo Bills seem to be pretty good at throwing the rock through the air and also handing it off to Singletary, the main back for the Buffalo Bills. And, you know, I, I feel like I need to say that, but I think Devin Singletary has really carved out that role where he has earned that spot as the main guy. But of course, that was the second half. I hope you guys enjoyed this week's show. Make sure to go follow me at Twitter at Jake the Bills fan. You'll be able to find me there. I've got all my great stuff there. Also, go check out Built in Buffalo on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. It's awesome. Everybody that's here is amazing. And going into the offseason, there's going to be a lot of awesome content for everybody to enjoy. And of course, you'll be able to find me here every Friday on the Built in Buffalo Podcast Network. And you can find me Friday nights on First Round Buy on the Built in Buffalo YouTube channel, where of course, you know, it's it's fun all the time. So you're going to want to tune into that. I have been Jake. This has been The Lowdown, the coolest place in Bill's Mafia outside of Western New York on the Built in Buffalo Podcast Network. And I will see all of you guys next week. 